you got to understand, all that we are is because of Him. And, and all the stories that you heard today was because of Him. And we can try to put the attention upon us, like Mrs. Denoff already said. All the glory belongs to God. Everything that we are and everything that we have is because of Him. And I'm thankful for it. There's a, there's a, a song that we sing, and, and we have a, a newer song that is the same song that changes the word a little bit, but it sings, My hope is built on nothing less. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You see, you got to understand that for me and for us here at the church, that is way more than just a song that we sing. That, that is a theme of Fellowship Baptist Church. See, in the world, that they're falling apart and they have nothing to hold to. When they go through storms, they have nothing to go through. When they go through trials, they don't know where to turn to. But through the word of God, we know whom we believed and we know what we stand on. And it doesn't matter what I face and it doesn't matter what I go through. My God is faithful. I take you to the book of John. and The Bible says, in the beginning was the word. You say, this word, no, in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh. And the word was God. The Bible explains to us that the word was God. When When we say that we build the church upon Jesus Christ, and you say, what does that look like? It is when we take out the word of God, and we preach, and we teach, and we follow it. That is what makes the church work. Here, I'm here to tell you, that is what makes your family work. That is what makes your relationships work. And without Jesus, you cannot make it work. You cannot make it work. And it's easy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be preaching tonight. I have a lot on my heart. If you are a member of Fellowship Baptist Church, I ask you, I beg you, I plead with you from heart to heart to come back tonight. And, and I, I, I want to share these things. But the number one reason that the church is able to go on and do what we do is because we are built upon Jesus Christ. In this passage right here, and I know it's a familiar Passage, it says, let us hold fast a profession of our faith, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast a profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Father, I know Lord, today that our heart has been blessed as we have heard the testimonies, changed lives, and people, Lord, that have come to know you as a result of the preaching of God's word. But Lord, I know that sometimes we get distracted with a lot of the superficial things, but Lord, it is so vitally important that we draw our hearts back to the word of God. Lord, it is the reason this church was started, and it is the only hope to continue. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you'll help us to zone in. Lord, as we've talked about how much we love our church, but Lord, help us to remember the reason why you gave it to us to begin with. We pray this in your name. Amen. See, God had a plan for the local church. And I say this a lot of times, but you need to understand that a lot of people step back and say, well, I don't really need to go to church. I, I, I just don't feel it of myself that that's important. Or people would say, well, I don't have to go to church to be Christian. I don't have to, and we have all these things. The idea of being in church was never our idea. Our creator created church. 
Our God established the local church. He's the one that builds it. He is the one that set the foundation. He's the one that gave the layout. Everything that we do is the foundation of this church has come from the authority of God telling us. I don't know about you, but I don't have the guts to tell him that I don't need what he gave me. I don't have the guts to turn around and say, God, I can make it alone because here I'm telling you, you were not designed by God to go through this world alone. You were not. And so many people are struggling, they're falling apart, and they go, I don't know what's going on. God said, get into my word, and I'll show you what I had a plan for the local church. It's not that you're going to find perfect people. It's not going to find perfect programs. But you will find the perfect God in the perfect word that has everything laid out for us in God's word. Let me show you God's plan. Let me show you the strength of the church. Did you notice in the passage, because it says that he is faithful. There's a lot of things that will fall apart and fail, but I promise you that God's word and God's plan will never fail. It will never fail. The Bible constantly speaks of his faithfulness, of his plan of interacting us together. Do a search in the Bible when God said of his plan, and he says one another. Do a search on the words or the phrase one another. Because the Bible says, let us hold a profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful. See, the thing is, Nobody here is in this alone. Do you get that? And a lot of times we read this in the wrong context. It's just not a matter of us assembling. It said, let us hold a profession of our faith without wavering. See, there's a lot of things that are in this world that are not going to be easy. And God said, I want Christians to know you are not alone. And you should not face these battles alone. Because it said, let us, let us come together. See, there was a reason that God said to assemble ourselves together. Because you're weak outside. You say, well, I've got God. But see, God said, let us assemble ourselves together to hold fast a profession of our faith without wavering. There's a battle of truth, but let me tell you, as a church, we stand together. There's a battle for our kids, but let me tell you, together we stand together. There's a battle for morality that is just sick in our nation together. But I'm here to tell you that when I'm able to come in and bring my kids to a class where you enforce God's word, there's strength in what God does when he brings us together. Let us hold the profession of our faith without wavering. There's strength in the church. But let me tell you, there ought to be support in the church. The Bible says in verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke and to love in good works. You see, it is wrong to apply one part of scripture. You know what we like to preach? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So you know what we tell people? Be in church, be in church, be in church, go to church, go to church. We get up and tell our kids, you need to go to church. We tell our neighbors, you need to be in church. Let me ask you why. Seriously. What is the reason that we do what we do? Because a lot of times, we end up making it a traditional thing of assembling in a building to do a certain process, and then we walk out and think that we accomplished the purpose. That is incorrect. See, God had a plan for the church. He said, Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of it is. He said, and let us consider one another. That word consider means to observe, to discover, to perceive. It literally means that we are a family and I need to take notice of you guys and you guys have a responsibility to take notice of me. See, the thing is, in the world that's falling apart and the devil is a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour... And the truth of the matter is there's going to be times that I get discouraged and there's going to be times that you get discouraged. And there's going to be times that I notice that you're not there or maybe we're slipping up or we back off. I need somebody to take notice that I am missing, that I'm hurting, or that I'm wounded. 
He said, well, thank God we have pastors. Did you notice it said, let us? Can I, can I, can I reemphasize that idea? And everybody was like, I'm sick, you didn't notice. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that I have supersonic vision and eyes and everything that I'm going to notice everybody that's missing. I'm sorry, there's no way that I can see everybody in the hospital. There's no way that I can be there to encourage everybody. I I can't call everybody. It's impossible. But then when I read God's word, God says, hey, Tony, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm making up the words here. Hey, Tony, it was never your job to take care of everybody. Never. See, the thing is, you've got a responsibility to look over your shoulder to love one one another. So I just come here to do my duty and my job or my program. God never said the church was about program. The church is about people. See, it's easy to get that focus off. See, it's easy to walk in here where we do our duty, but we don't do our responsibility as Christians to provoke, to love, and go after one another. See, if you come in and you do whatever it is, and you park a car, or you have a class, or you do, and you never interact with God's people, then you are not doing the job of the local church. If you can lead in a program, or you can lead out in the lobby, or you can lead upstairs, or you can come in and do all these things, that is not the purpose of the church. That's a product. That's an external thing. The Bible says that I need people that are going through a hard time to look out for one another. We ought to be there for one another. We ought to be. There ought to be care in the church. Let me show you something. The Bible says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good words, works. You see, that the word provoke means to stir up or excite. It literally means that the purpose of the church, now don't define your own purpose, because a lot of people have the idea of what they interpret what the church is. If you want to know what that is, come back tonight. I promise you, I will open the can and we, we will look at it together. Because we can call ourselves biblicists all day long, but I tell you, if it's anything outside of the word of God, then it's not biblical. It is. God gave us everything. God gave us the instructions. God laid it out. The Bible says don't add unto it and make it up and then hold people to something that I did not put in there to begin with. But he did say, He did say, let us provoke one another. You you know what that means? That I have a job as a pastor, and let me take it a step further, as a Christian, to provoke you to love and to good works. Literally mean, as I walk through the halls, as I stand in the back, as I stand on the pulpit, wherever God puts me. He said, well, that's your job. Where in the Bible does it just say, it's not talking to preachers right here. It's talking to all of us. Your job is is to stir up love to God and love to one another and love for the service of God to to love and to good works, your job is to do that. So let me ask you a question. As your responsibility of being the church, when people get around you, do you build them up or tear them down? When it comes to the work of God, do you provoke them to do it or do you scourge them from it? Because if you're not, you're not being the biblical New Testament church. There's also a next thing. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That word exhort means to draw near. See, the, the Bible is always, always, always striving to unite us. And the devil is always, always, always striving to divide us. 
You can see how the devil works and how he is a slithering snake snooping around churches and homes and families and marriages trying to divide. But he said, let us do this. Let us draw near people to one another to point to the work of God, to point to the people that are without God. Walk through the halls of this church. And, and I, I can tell you that I've already stopped a number of times, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but I'm telling you already that I've already walked through the walls of this church, the halls of this church, and realized that there are hurting people everywhere. And the devil would love to do nothing more than to get your eyes off of them and get your eyes on yourself or other things and overlook the mission of why we are here. And the devil laughs and he wins. And he's able to follow that poor guy out the door and said, you know what? You thought you came to church to get something different. And they are divided just like they are down at the bar or anywhere else. There is... There's care that should be in the church. But let me close with this. The Bible also says in this passage is God laid out the local church. And there's strength of the church, there's the support of the church, but there's a need of the church. He said, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the days approaching. Hey, let me say without doubt, without hesitation, and I'm not one of these guys that are going to get billboards and say that the time is near, the time is near. I'm going to tell you the time is near. I'm not going to label when that time is because the Bible says not even the angels of heaven know when that is. And I know that he said he's going to come in a time that you, know, uh, that you think not. I know those things for sure. But let me tell you one thing that I know for sure, that in the last days, the Bible said we need the assembling of the church together more than we did ever, ever in times before. He said, and so much the more. You know why? Because in the world that we live in, when my kids get in the world, when you get in the world, when our marriages get in the world, it rips them apart. But when we come here, we ought to find hope. Ought to. I ought to be able to walk through the door and find somebody that's going to come up to me and say, I'm praying for you. I love you. How is your week going? What's going on in your life? Hey, I'm praying as you preach. I'm lifting you up. I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for people. It ought to be found here. And if that's not coming out of your lips and there's other things coming out of your lips, you better check yourself. You better step back and ask God, are you being used by God to promote the church or tear it apart? Are you being used by God to edify what God said is the local church? Or are we putting our own opinion and agenda into the local church? Jesus said something. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He, he was pretty serious about the local church. And he said, I know in the last days you're going to see terrible, rotten, horrible things going on around you. And he said, I know it's going to get hard. It is hard. You realize that the, that verse that the Bible says to endure hardness as a good soldier, that means more to me now than I've ever understood. It is hard. The devil is real. I, I saw the posts of what a lot of you guys put out there. I've looked it up and I know that it's true. They are, they are fighting and striving to be able to put a monument of Satan at the Capitol building of Oklahoma. They, they've already got it built. They spent $30,000 $30, erecting this. And they said, and they, they, they have the legal rights behind it, and I, I don't believe it's going to pass. 
They said, if Christians have the right to put the Ten Commandments, then we have the rights to put our statue. And you say, will it pass? I don't know. The day will come when I wouldn't be surprised that kind of stuff flies. But I can tell you this. You said, does it make you upset? Does it scare you as you see your kids being raised in this world and everything? Nope. Because the gates of hell cannot prevail against what I'm standing in right now. Impossible. Remember how we started this? When Jesus said he is faithful, he will not let us down, he will not back off his power, he will not extinguish what he is doing. I don't care how dreary things get or how things fall apart in this world, I know that God has a plan for the local church and I'm happy and I'm proud to be part of it. I want you to know this. It's just like the song saying, I'm not trying to base everything off of a song, but it is scriptural. All other ground is sinking sand. See, when you go through life and, and, and you build that house upon the sand and then the storm comes, the Bible says that eventually it's going to fall apart. See, but I've worked so hard at it. It doesn't matter. What matters is what did you build your house, your marriage, or your kids upon? Because if it's built upon the sand, it's going to fall apart. But Jesus said, oh, I've got an idea of the church. Now, you're going to say the church. Oh, look it around. No, you are the church. Families are the church. Our children are the church. The people that are here, we are the local church. Amen. And Jesus said, I'm going to build that upon the rock. And it's not just a rock. It's Jesus Christ is that rock. And the rock will not crumble. It will not shake. It will not fade. It cannot be affected by the storm. I am building my life, my hope, my children upon Jesus Christ, which is the rock. Amen. Some of you here today, I'm going to be honest. If you say, I feel like everything's falling apart. I feel like I'm trying so hard. I'm trying to put everything. I'm going to school. I'm putting this effort in my marriage. Nothing seems to work. What are you building it on? Because if it's not Jesus Christ, as soon as the storm comes, it's going to fall over because you don't have a foundation that's strong enough to overcome this world. But he already has. I know on a day like this that most of you are church members. You've come. Maybe even if you are a church member, let me tell you this. I want you to step back and evaluate yourself and say, Lord, have I built my life upon Jesus Christ? Have you ever, ever encountered God's forgiveness and God's love to encounter that without him, you cannot do a single thing in this world? He has a plan for your life. But it's never, ever going to work until you find the rock of Jesus Christ. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to roll into the remainder of our service, but... I, we're going to stop for a minute because I'm just like Amy testified in just a minute ago and Richard testified just a minute ago. Or you, you see these people and see the thing is the devil is filled with lies. The devil is trying to distract. The devil is trying to hinder. The tri devil is trying to confuse. The devil is trying to do all these things. And you sit there in your life and wonder what is going on. I ask you as a church or as a person, what have you built your life upon? Do you know that you know that Jesus Christ is the rock of your salvation? Do you know him as your personal savior?